So I am beside myself today to introduce my guest. I I am there's there's hardly words to describe how much her story has moved me and has really rocked my world. Dana Spinola, the founder of Fabric Boutiques, the founder of Free Fabric, the founder of Asher. She is a woman who she is a mom, she is a wife, she is an author, she is an a philanthropist, she is so many things and she does it all with grace and with style and I cannot speak highly enough about her. I've I've had the honor and privilege of getting to know her on a personal level and you know there's people that you meet and you're like, you know, that that public persona doesn't really quite match up with who they are in real life. Let me just mm-hmm. tell you, Dana's actually even more incredible in real life. And I didn't know that was possible. I didn't know that the that the person that I had built up to be in my mind was actually more incredible in life in real life. So Dana, thank you so much for being here with me today. Oh my gosh, just to hear those words. You know, I've got like three teenage boys that tell me the exact opposite every day. So the idea that you think I'm still cool kind of rocks. Oh my gosh. (laughs) No, seriously though, you said fabric, right? You just nailed it. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you the energy of our already best friendship that we have formed within 10 seconds is so awesome. I'm so thrilled to chat with you today. Uh, Well, I stumbled across Dana from a mutual friend and she sent me a, a screenshot of her book and said, hey, you need to read this book. And I'm always, I mean, Dana and I were just sitting here talking about it. We, I'm always devouring books. And so I was finishing up one and I was like, well, okay, cool. I mean, I don't, I don't know what, what this is, but sure, I'll, I'll do it. I know that I love this store fabric, but you know, I wouldn't expect necessarily a book about style to change my life. That is not what this book is about. It is about the the beginning of fabric and how the the founding and the story and all of that. It is about so much more. And we're going to dive into that. But this book, I want to just paint the picture of what happened while I was reading this book. Um, and then we're going to dive in. So Dana and I want I want to start asking you some questions. But here's here's what here's why this moved me so deeply. Actually, the result of of how this moved me so deeply. So every single day I would go on a walk in my neighborhood. I typically do. And I've got my headphones in and I started listening to Dana's book. Right. And every day there's these steep hills. So I'm always huffing and puffing and my face is, you know, <laughs> like bright red. And I'm walking and literally this book. I would be listening and I would stop in my tracks to open up the note section on my phone and say, oh my gosh, I I have to write this down so that I don't forget it. And then something else would happen and I would start bawling my eyes out because I was so moved by her words and moved by her story and resonated so deeply with her story. And so then I would like start crying. And then she says something hysterical because she has the best sense of humor. And so then I start laughing. And so I'm (laughs) laughing, I'm crying, I'm stopping, I'm writing. And I am telling you, People probably called the cops and said there is a woman who is insane walking through the neighborhood because it was like I was absolutely overcome with with all all of the emotion, happiness, joy, sadness, 
heartache, all of the things I just went on this journey. And so, okay, that is my, that's the most I'm going to talk because now I want you to do the talking, Dana. So let's really set the stage for when you started your your journey with fabric, and then we're going to go from there. You were working in corporate America, and this resonated so deeply with me because you were a consultant for Deloitte, and you were very, very unhappy, well, unfulfilled in your corporate life. And I think that that's so common. You get to a high level, great paying job, highly successful. I was in the same boat, but I was unfulfilled and so so unhappy thinking, oh my gosh, is this what I'm going to do for the rest of my life until I die? Like, how does this work? And so how, talk to me about when you kind of made that shift. And I know you had a conversation with your dad. So talk about that. Did everybody support you? Did anybody think you were crazy? Did anybody tell you not to go out on your own? Tell us about that. Oh my gosh. So much there. I mean, I first just have to go back to the idea that I never planned on writing a book. Like if you hear me read the book, I'm just like the girl that wants to sit around and and go deep into life and figure it all out and know that I have no idea what I'm doing. But um, I can't believe how many, how many people, not only women just say that had all the feelings too, because it's, I didn't know there was a story of my life. I was just taking a sabbatical from my life. I was jumping out of my life to look at my life and being like, why is it, why is it not right? Like what is happening? Where's the joy in it all? And as the story kind of unfolded, as I'm writing it out, really just for my own therapy, I realized like, this is kind of every person. It's like, wait, how does my life kind of go together? And am I doing the right thing? And why isn't this making me happy? You know, like it should all, it's so many good stuff. Right. So that's kind of, you know, what your question was is, I, you know, grew up with, with two hippie artist parents. We had no money. It was all about like my dad painting in a field and my mom finding furniture on the side of the road and recovering it. And that was our house and our life. And, you know, it was happy. Like it was joy. It was passion. It was all about just doing what you love and like, you know, just kind of living your life how you think you're supposed to be made. Like they weren't Christians at then. They were just more of like, don't step on ants, <laughs> be good to people. And you know, what are you made for? So that's kind of how I was raised. So, I mean, I abandoned the, if you love what you do, you'll never work another day in your life. The day I went to college, my parents didn't go to college. They're like, go to college and make a lot of money. <laughs> we all kind of abandoned that that way we grew up because the world promises you if you make a lot of money and you're climbing some path, then you're successful. So I'm like, I'm going to go do that, right? Who doesn't want that? That's the answer. And so walked into college, my UGA first day and said, hey, what's a job that makes a lot of money? They're like, computer consultant. I'm like, check, done. And that's what I became. I mean, literally from that was nothing in my heart. Um, one thing that you said and you kind of corrected yourself is, you know, when I became a computer consultant, it wasn't even that I was unhappy, right? Like there was so much I'm like, they're paying for my dry cleaning. I have a place in Chicago and I have a place in San Francisco. Never knew where my running shoes are. And sitting at tables with CEOs, like the younger Dana would be like, uh, I think you nailed it. You know, like, wow, you like stay in fancy hotels and you have a couple of different cities. But you nailed it when you said unfulfilled. I was like, wait, is this it? Like, 
yes, money goes into my bank account. Okay, check. But like, this is not who I am. Like I was the, everyone wore like the blue suit and like every woman wore like that, you know, that skirt that comes right below your knees. I mean, cute, but not like a Victoria Beckham. And I'm wearing like, you know, crazy printed shirts, silk shirts underneath my suit. And people are just like, you're not supposed to do that. And I knew I was busting out of something, but you're right. It's not what you go home. I mean, I remember telling my parents and my mom while supportive was kind of like, sweetie, sweetie. Oh, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. You know what you're giving up, right? I mean, it was kind of like, you're crazy. And my dad's kind of behind her like, go for it, babe. Um, but it is so hard in those times when you make those big jumps. I used to try to talk to other people and get input. That's something you just got to say, I'm doing it. And that's, you know, that's what I did. I think I, I write so much of that pivotal moment that I didn't even know. You don't know it's pivotal when you're doing it. But when I was talking to my dad on the payphone, he's like, you know, how's work? I'm like, I'm killing it. You know, just got the best review, all the stuff, right, Rachel? And then he's like, but do you love what you do? Like, is it what you're supposed to be doing? And I'm like, no, it's not. I mean, if I look at my whole life, this isn't what I was made to be. And I, on that plane, I was like, all right, we're starting a business plan for one little store. Mm. So listening to that voice first, like, well, the world, I mean, people come up to me from my old high school and be like, oh, I heard you're so successful. Congratulations on working at Deloitte. And I'll be like, okay, thanks. So yeah, it's yeah. success. I thought had checked it with the, with the paycheck. Well, and I, I love it so much because in the book, you, you really kind of dive into, because even with fabric, what you could have done was build it up, make it this incredibly successful business. How many stores now are there? I think there's around 40. 40. Okay. So there's 40 stores around the country and you could have said, oh my gosh, I mean, I have succeeded. I've made it big and you could have sat back. But what you did is you actually dug deeper because of who you are and you realize that even that wasn't going to be the pinnacle of happiness for you because that was not, that was another goal. That was another success for you. And so what you really realized was serving others. This is the secret. This is the secret that nobody wants to believe or that nobody knows is that actually the secret to happiness is finding how you can serve and bring value to other people. And you have done that so profoundly. And I think that's why I was so moved by your book, because I was like, I want to do this too. So, okay, first of all, okay, before I jump jump forward, because I did want you to tell, I, a lot of people want to start their own business. And what you're able to do when you start a business is amazing if, you know, as you start to succeed and all that. But it, people think that it's an overnight success. People <laughs> see, oh, she has 40 stores. It must have just started out super successful, Right. Will you tell the story real quickly in the book about your first grand opening? How old were you? And there was the event the night before. Tell the story about that day. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I love that you remind me to tell this because I used to tell this story in such a different way. I was like, I want to be inspiring. So we had a party. Everyone bought clothing. It was my first day open. And then, you know, we started fabric because I thought that was inspiring is to give people, you know, the beautiful inspiration of how life can be so good. And I mean, the, the real behind the scenes is the whole critical part of this. So long story short, I... In, have a grand opening. It is 
a dream come true. All my friends, people are buying things. It's really literally like, I can't believe pinch me moment and go home. I mean, I've been planning this forever, go home and just fall into my bed to get up to actually have a store open the next morning. Right. And like have my coffee. I come driving into my store and literally look to the right and the windows are all smashed out. And my eyes are not really like my soul can't even comprehend what I'm seeing. And I'm just like, park, walk into the store. I mean, I can't, you can't make this part up. There is nothing in the store except for broken glass and blood. Like I'm thinking DNA, we're going to get this handled. It was, it was gone. They took the register. They took the stereo system when you used to wire it. I mean, the mannequins had no clothes on them. It was done. And it was that moment, you know, I have this visual in my head. I'll never forget when I just kind of fell, you know, when you just sink to the ground and you're like, I knew I shouldn't have done this. It, I could have just stayed at my old job. Why did I think I should have done this? Like every sign was telling me that this was my passion and my heart and my life. Why, how could I be so stupid to think I was supposed to do this? And luckily by the time I'd actually hit the ground, like that thought, which I, I feel like every person that's trying to do something when you're doing something awesome, that, that voice comes right in and takes center stage of like, told you, you idiot, you shouldn't have done it. You're not good enough for this. And so instead of, and it gives me chills right now, whatever decided to not listen to that voice, like, as I fell down, I'm like, no, no, I am. If I'm not supposed to do this, it's not because I got broken into this is not the no. I'm sure there might be someday. And I remember standing up and like went and called my dad. I'm like, so what do you do when you have no window? And he was just like, welcome to your own business, sweetie. And he, and he kind of giggled because until you have that, you can open a something or open a site or have a thing, but until it gets challenged, you don't know if it's an actual real thing. I mean, and this was, we're talking, I'd spent all my money. I had no money and I got a $70,000 line of credit, which was gone. So I came up with this you know, idea to bet on myself. That's all I had. And I called that Monday morning. I called every single vendor back. Because. And I said, hey. Because. Tell them it's because the insurance didn't cover it. The oh, my insurance, gosh. I mean, like, you had insurance. Right? And like, they said no. Yes. Yeah. The movies. You do all the things in movies. Like, you call. I called the police. It took them four days to come. And then I'm like, I've got DNA. They're like, yeah, we don't really do that. Then I'm like, okay, insurance. Guess what? You're. I need, you know, $40,000 for inventory. They're like, well, you didn't set your alarm correctly. So you're getting zero. And I'm like. These are a lot of no's, right? Like, like, can somebody say this is, where's the book for when things go bad with business? Nope. <laughs> there was no, yeah. Thanks for reminding me of all of those because they just kept going. Yes. It was just me. And remember, we already talked about, and I think so important, I was running on fumes three months before I even opened, living off coffee and an hour of sleep, right? So I'm not physically prepared to continue at the hardest part of rebuilding a business I just spent a year building. So yeah, it's, and when I look back now, no lie, cause I'm, I, I do have pretty dang positive outlook on life, but I look back greatest thing. The only reason fabric is still open today is because of that break-in and me calling those vendors the next day and saying, Hey, I know you don't believe in me yet, but you will give me 30 days. Just give me 30 days. Send me that inventory again. They're like, Oh, congratulations. You already sold it. I'm like, not necessarily. <laughs> and they all, I think every single one of them sent it to me again. 
I had 30 days to, to see what I was made of. And I mean, I was running out in traffic with clothing, being like, look at this and running their credit card. But I go back to that day, like that's heart. Mm. That's, and if you don't have it, that's okay. It just probably means the thing you're building is not the right thing to be building. It's okay to give up. Hey, I think it's powerful to give up. And I, I, I don't even call it failure. I call it giving up. I'm not going to do this anymore. It doesn't work. Mm. It's not my thing, but it allows you to redirect this one. I was positive was all those no's, no insurance, no, ever. I was positive. This was still it in mm. my, in my soul. So yeah. And there's been a billion since. And everyone's like, when did you know, you know, you made it? I still don't know if I've made it. And I love that idea. It's just, it's a beautiful day by day thing that I'm just honored to be able to do. Yeah. You know, it's so funny because so many people at that moment would have thrown in the towel. No question. No question said, I gave it my all. And I I literally remember walking in the front door from my walk. I remember the road I was on when I heard that story. Mm. And I walked in the door and was telling my husband about it. And I was like, babe, oh my gosh, she got broken into and everything was taken <laughs> and she could have just stopped there. You know, and he was like spellbound just for me retelling the story because that is the moment where you have a chance to show what you're made of. And is yeah. this really your passion and purpose? And it is just incredible. So, okay, you started. I want to. I want to talk about after you started the the boutique and everything started to become successful, and the moment that you decided that there was more. Because I was actually re-listening to this particular portion of the book this morning. When you had this tug on your heart and you decided that there was more and it involved you cleaning out your closet. <laughs> so tell us Isn't about that. that. Yes. I oh my love God, Rachel, you're gonna make me tell this. Yep. This is the like again, the real story. I used to say, you know, and then God came into my heart and said, Dana, you need to do something special. Like He's always telling me that, right? Like give more than you, you know, take. And, but like, usually I don't have that much clarity. Well, this day I had a lot of clarity and um, yeah, literally in my closet and the, the whole rod just broke. I mean, we're talking like, and at that time it was a major inconvenience. I'm like, oh my gosh, my closet broke, blah, blah, you know? And there was like, huh, my closet broke. I have too much clothing. I knew I always did. And, and probably like most of the women in the world uh, had nothing to wear. <laughs> Just obviously yeah. so much, right? I'm <laughs> like looking at it and, and it broke. And, you know, just because of how beautiful life is. And I actually talked to Kim this morning. I had plans with a friend that night went over there and we're having a glass of wine, just talking about it. Oh my gosh, my closet broke. Like one of those conversations you look back and like, uh, poor you, your closet broke, you know? And she's like, oh, I have six bags of clothes in the car. I'm trying to get to Goodwill or something. And we're just sitting there and like, so powerful. She, we're both like, what if we could give this to women? And what if we could like meet them? Like, I know we can drop this off in a basement somewhere of a church. And I know so many people are doing things, but what if we could meet these women? And this is my, this is probably my favorite thing in life. Like it's really hard to go to dinner with me. And we just kind of talk about the weather and then it's like, Oh, well, your kids are cute. And we'll talk later. It's like, what if, you know, like that feeling of like, we could meet these 
women there's and she was an anchor at the time there was she goes dana if you knew how many organizations right now how many women and young girls don't even have clothing like for back to school for anything i said well would you get on the news and ask tomorrow for these women to meet me at fabric and i'll email my customer list and say if you have any extra clothing bring it in i mean it was just like that much the next three days I, there's a warehouse right next to my store, um, kind of an old, empty one. And I had to call my landlord hundreds, 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 filled up a huge warehouse. I'm not good at square feet, but I'd say at least 4,000 square feet of, wow. of, of a warehouse. And we had to say, stop. Unfortunately, there's that many young women that were signed up. We had hundreds of women. We had hundreds. And then the most beautiful part is the next email I sent out was, Okay, thanks. Stop bringing clothing, but does anyone want to volunteer and have an amazing spree? And to this day, Rachel, that list, people like, it's not like, hey, can you get me a discount at fabrics? Like, how can you get me onto the free fabric volunteer list? It is what our community wants to do. And when these, all of these forces come together, undeniably the most. I use the word easy and just like it's a flow. It's where everyone's supposed to be. So yeah, that's how it, that's how it started with an email and Kim just saying, Hey, if you have an organization and women need to be clothed, we're going to do it. Come see us. I mean, yeah. And it evolved into something called free fabric. And so now free fabric is a huge thing right? But it started this small, but can you explain exactly what free fabric is? Yes. Today we build absolutely free boutiques inside of safe houses around the nation. And we just actually built one in Belize and all of our customers, we have bins in each store. The customers bring in their clothing that they have gently worn and loved for someone else to love we go and fill these safe houses with clothing. I mean, these safe houses have chandeliers and rugs and we want it the most beautiful dignity you've ever seen. And so we set this place up without a price tag and the women in the community come and do a free spree with these women as they're coming in from the street with nothing but the clothing on their back that they don't, they have never wanted to wear that clothing anyways. And we are matched up, we pray, we shop, and then we make a, we make everyone do a fashion show. And that used to be like, we thought it was this silly little part. It's the time where they're like, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to walk the runway. And we say, well, listen, you're beautiful. And they say, no one's ever told me that. Mm. And they get that confidence and they walk the runway and the whole place is cheering and laughing. And we're usually playing Beyonce. And it's just a way to in, it, like instill this joy and confidence into women who it's been ripped out. I mean, they're strong, amazing women, but the the confidence of who they are mm-hmm. has been, you know, unfortunately not given to them by anyone in their life. So yeah, that's I, what we do now. I am actually like, I was fighting back tears the whole time you were talking because it is so incredibly profound what you are doing and is so impactful. And what's so interesting is that you and Kim kind of had this idea. And what I find myself doing is saying to myself, okay, I know that I want to impact people's lives positively. I know I want to do something, but what the heck am I going to do? 
just me. Yeah. Like I'm just one person. What could I possibly do? And you, I, I'm so grateful that you wrote this story and that you really told exactly how it started, even to the embarrassing moment of your your closet rod breaking and you're like it was mostly like a hoarder situation where you know we we yes. all have it right like <laughs> dad gummit i just have so many clothes in my closet and i just have to get it out right but that you turned it into something so beautiful even though your plate was so full with how many i mean three boys at the time Yep. Three yep. boys. And I think that, don't yeah. you hear that so often when people say, I'm too busy for, and I was that person too, yeah. or I'm going to do that. You know, when I get to a financial position, I'll start giving or, oh, I would love to come volunteer with you. I just don't have the time or all there's, hey, those are all really valid reasons. What I think so powerful is when, you know, a lot of people just think I grew up rich because mm -hmm. I have a clothing store. I mean, I, I didn't. And uh, the most modest life you could ever, my mom literally made all my own clothing. I mean, we, I never shopped in a, even in a Kmart. I mean, I never shopped in a place. And when I talk to these women, they're like, well, you would never understand. Well, I wouldn't understand your scenario, but I will understand like, it, life is like this strange thing that we look at other people and we think you'd never get it. But when you put a bunch of women into a place and use clothing as this con, the stories that come out. And I think, um, I'm sure you read it in the book, but one thing that I just think so powerful is when one of my best friends, I brought her for a free spree. And um, we both just grew up in Roswell, you know, just regular old girls. And she was matched up with a girl from the safe house that was in her homeroom in ninth grade. Oh my gosh. And it's just looking at how your, where your paths can go and that we're all like, we're literally all just women mm -hmm. that want to need a hug every now and then and need somebody to say, guess what? I'm here. How can I you know, love you, clothe you until, you know, the next person's going through something. So it's just this leveling, beautiful space. I'm trying to talk without crying because I have such a lump in my throat right now. But when your mom, yeah, <laughs> I do it like yeah. twice a day. Yeah. It's, I think it's just like good for us. <laughs> when your mom was paired up with somebody who didn't speak English and you said fashion is a language that unites us all, you know? Um, Isn't that crazy? And I'm watching her and I'm just watching, like, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's just like the smile and the like holding up and like, can you like imagine that feeling of never being able to look in the mirror? Cause like we don't, as women, I don't know about you, but I'm not looking in the mirror and going, dang, you look good. <laughs> but there are those times. I mean, if you do, Hey, call me or do a podcast with them and, and help us teach it. But you know, those moments when you do, when you feel really confident, it's not usually cause your makeup looks great. It's like, I kind of feel really good in this dress. Like I think I feel confident and it's, it's not because you think I look cool or stylish or that. And it's that I feel like, wow, like I have a pair of shoes I wear on every single speech because I feel confident in them. And I think that power of an outfit is so much deeper than like, oh, I like your dress. It's like that feeling when you look in the rearview mirror and you're like, I can totally do this day. I can get out of bed. 
I mean, right now, that's most of the people I'm mentoring. We're not talking about P&Ls. We're talking about how do you get out of bed and do your thing? Mm -hmm. And I mean, I think a lot of it's just take the shower, Mm -hmm. find the shirt that makes you happy. It's an old t-shirt and go do the thing a little bit more until you can do the thing better. And that power of an outfit, when I watch this clothing being exchanged in that way, someone else's shirt that they no longer love and I watch someone's face light up, it's it's like powerful. And I think, you know, what I watched happen, and I cannot say I intentionally did this. Now I try to help people intentionally do this because it wasn't intentional for me. When you said a minute ago, like, it's just me. Like, what am I going to do? Okay, clothing boutiques, fashion, skinny jeans and high heels, like how in the world does that go with making sure that we fight for trafficking across the world? Like those things don't go together. Like when I came back to my team and said, okay, guess what we're going to do now? We're going to kick sex trafficking's butt. They're like, uh, okay, but like we have sales goals, you know, like it's not this thing at first that makes a lot of sense, but when you find the connection was just, what are we going to do with this shirt? What are we gonna do with this shirt? Well, we're going to make them feel beautiful on the outside and then beautiful on the inside. Like, how are we going to do this? And that's kind of my whole aha moment that I love when I watch people connected of they're like, I really love this, but how in the world does it go with this? And they overlap because of how I believe God made us. If you've got the energy for two of these things, they're going to overlap. And yeah. Literally, that's what the world needs from us. So explain real quick so that everybody understands, like, how does free fabric and sex trafficking go hand in hand? Like trying to stop sex trafficking. So explain that connection. Absolutely. So one of the things that we learned was when the women that come into safe houses, it's I mean, the number changes all the time, but about 87 percent are going right back to the street. Right. It's all they know. It's they've been, you know brainwashed by men that, or women or women, they've been, they've been told that they are, are not worthy. Right. So when they come to safe house, they are doing so much work. They're going to therapy. They're going to yoga. They are trying to come off addiction. They are, you know, so much work. Well, it's, there's not a lot of room for joy and looking at yourself in a completely different way on the outside. And so what, Free fabric does is we not only have this boutique for you, but we come in from your community and say, we see you, we're going to walk with you, literally walk with you on a runway, but we will walk with you and tell you that you're, you're absolutely worth fighting for. And that piece I've had so many founders of organizations. Cause I'm like, if this isn't help, if this isn't helping the women, I'm not doing it for, to have a boutique in here. And they're like, please, it is, it's the joy. It's the restoration piece where they can, we literally turn them in the mirror and say, tell yourself you're beautiful. Like I can't, and we don't leave until they do. And it's a piece. We also, um, I don't even know if I wrote in the book, but I called my friends up at Van Michael and I'm like, Hey, listen, I want salons in these places too. And so now we have salons and they're not only learning how to do their own hair and do other people's hair. And it's just beauty that like fabric's mission is to feel, make women feel beautiful on the inside and out. And it's legitimately important that the outside, that when you look at yourself, you see this body that Matt, you know, that you're like, I'm going to take care of it. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what we've learned is their hands are full of clothing. Like I get to keep this like, 
you know you've left a store, Rachel, and you're like, this shirt might really make my weekend better. You know, just the the superficial feeling of think I can walk into that, you know, parent-teacher conference that's going to be terrible with this dress on. And it's so small, but I've learned from the leaders that it is a huge piece of keeping the women engaged in there's so many reward bases, right? And mm-hmm. then knowing the community is coming from the outside in to say, we, are, we see you. Mm. Golly. Long answer. I no, get really excited ma'am. about that. You can just sit here and talk for four hours. I'm like yeah. bawling my eyes out with everything you're saying. I'm I'm trying to keep it together so that we actually have a podcast to give to give <laughs> to the world so that they can hear this because uh, this hits me so deeply. Um, you know, I I am personally and I think that something about your uh, so many things about your story resonated with me and one of the things that is in my heart that I am so passionate about is breathing life and confidence into women. Because again, like, listen, you have opened the fountain of emotion today. So like, let me just try to get a sentence out without getting choked up. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I think that women, each individual, women especially are so unique and so special. And every single person is different, right? And everybody has different gifts to offer the world. But everybody gets stuck into a a lot of people, not everybody, a lot of people get stuck into this hamster wheel of conformity and thinking that they need to look like everybody else and talk like everybody else and all that. And the more that you conform, the more that you compare. And the more that you compare, the more insecure and focused on yourself you become because you're thinking about all the things that you aren't doing right or that you are not measuring like, up to women. Like, do you see my head yes. off of my body? Yes. Like, oh my God, yeah. say it. Yes. And so one of the things well, the, that- the thing yeah. with that, can I just add in? Please. I can, like, you know, I can't not, I mean, our brains and our hearts, the idea that you also lose yourself because mm-hmm. you're, you're mm-hmm. forming now this person that everyone needs. Mm-hmm. And then you look back and you're like, Oh, I like that little girl. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. she was good. Mm-hmm. She was loud and she was passionate. And she was this, but now I'm doing what the world needed. It's that Deloitte job. It's like that works for somebody, but mm-hmm. like now I've become this thing mm-hmm. that is far away. It's not a bad thing. It's just not the girl that I was supposed to be. Right. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I mean, no, that's so good. That is so, so true. And the more insecure that you become, then the more self-focused you become. And then you walk into a room and you wonder what everybody is thinking about you versus Mm. the secret that we both know, which is serving other people and bringing them value is actually the, the secret to happiness. And so you are losing out on all of that joy and all of that happiness because you're focused on yourself. So here's what I love about what you're doing, everything that you're doing, but this, this primarily you are helping people feel confident and beautiful so that they can walk into a room, including me. I'm obsessed with this boutique. I literally ordered a huge order yesterday. Like, but you. you are helping people feel confident in their own skin, confident in their clothes, so that they can walk into a room and not be thinking about themselves and where they are falling short, but instead focus on others and focus on making other people feel confident, serving others, bringing value to others, 
which in turn is the secret to happiness. It's like this. And so what you're doing is so much bigger than just clothing, right? It's so much bigger than that. And it's, it's just so beautiful. Um, you know, yeah. it, I will tell you real quick because it takes a while. Like, I mean, I would have laughed at anyone. I think I did laugh at my mentor year, a couple years ago when they were like, you need to have a mission statement for your life. I'm like, okay, I can't even feed my kids. Mm. You know, like I like over here giving them you know, macaroni and cheese. I have no time to do anything. And you want me to create a mission statement for my life. But I will tell you, I, over the last four years, it finally, I wrote it like it came out one day and you were just saying, it, and it's so like humbling and honoring to hear what you just said, because my mission statement that's finally come out of, of so much, I mean, work and prayer and anger and all the stuff is to clothe women in a confidence to change their world so they can change the world. And that just like, it means so much to me because a mission statement that's just really beautiful, but not real to you is such a waste of time, right? Like I really believe I can clothe women in a confidence using clothing to change their world. First of all, change the world. Meaning I have friends that like can't get out of bed because they're depressed and I will go over and I'm like, get in the shower. I'm just going to put this little jumpsuit on you. We're going to go on a walk. You know, just that too. I've got this incredible interview in New York and I don't know what to wear and help me and that too. So I believe if we are inspired, you know, if we can, if we can get out of bed and then we can get on the plane and we can go do the scary thing, we can change the world. Like just, and I don't, and I don't mean changing like it's this big, but put your, your blueprint on the world or your fingerprint on the world. Like you have one to make out there. And I'm not saying go and, you know, clean all the water. There is, there's a, you know, an animal shelter that needs you in there loving on these animals. There is something. And I think we can easily get stuck saying, well, I guess I'll do the mission trip at my church because Mm -hmm. that's what I think all my friends are doing. Instead of saying, no, all I'm supposed to do is put, sweet little notes in everyone's mailbox in my neighborhood. You know, like it is not, has to be astronomical, but man, the ripple effect. So I just throw that out there because a real live living mission, you feel like you're in your flow and you're like, oh, if it doesn't have to do with those, I get to say no to it now. I mean, you're right. There's a million things in my life, a million things in all of our life. Now I'm like, oh, doesn't really go with this or this. So I get to say no to it without shaming myself and guilt and all the stuff. So I throw that out there because A, I appreciate like what you just said is what I'm hoping I'm trying to get right some of the time of why I think God has me here. And you know, that if you, if you've never thought about it, like it is something just to sit down with a piece of paper and say, why do I kind of think I'm here, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you talk about that very specifically in the book. You said, nobody's just put here on this earth to say, you know what? I think I'm just going to float through. I can't remember exactly how you said it. I literally listened to it this morning. And it's like, I think I'm just going to float through and, you know, just get to the end of, just to get to the end of the line and do nothing. Everybody's here for a purpose. Everybody is. Yeah. Can and- you imagine just like high-fiving God and be like, I think I did it. Yeah. I mean, I want to know that I'm at least trying. I don't think anyone's going to get this thing all right. But just the idea of, I, I, I mean, I tried, we Mm -hmm. were talking about that in a group the other night with some really incredible CEOs. There's 10 women CEOs. And we were saying like, do you ever feel like you're on the wrong path? And all of us were like, absolutely. And we were kind of looking to like scripture to help us. And we're like, I think we're supposed to just stop that path 
and start a new path. Mm. Like as you grind in the wrong direction for so long, it's really hard to say, I'm going to stop doing this because it's not working. Mm. If you have an ego and you have, you know, control and all the type A's that I am and do the next thing. But I watch people for years. I've been mentoring some people for years telling me they're going to do something that I'm like, I don't think this is the thing if we're not going to do it. Mm -hmm. So I'm a big fan, as you know, from the book is do the next thing, Mm -hmm. do one more thing in the right direction, and then you'll get clarity. Man, it's so true. Have you read John Maxwell's book, Change Your World? Oh my gosh, no. Yeah, John Maxwell. Yeah, and I- I Two of them. Yeah. I just read it literally right, now. right before I started your book. And so the overlap between the two, I was like, well, this isn't an accident. Okay. Noted. Um, but yeah, it is. an. Inc- John Maxwell is like one of, you know, my favorite people in the world. I mean, I don't know him, but I just like every word. I'm like, yes, you are saying the right, like, you know, thank you for laying out. Yeah. Dana, I will tell you, I actually do know him. He is one of the the only person that i've ever met where there's that saying don't meet your hero because you'll be disappointed yes. right he's the only yes. person i've ever met in my entire life that my love and respect <sighs> has only grown the more i've worked with him wow. i've i've had the the opportunity to be mentored by him for the past 3 years and my love and respect for him as a man has only grown the more that I have learned from him and the more that I've known him. He is he is one I of- I love you yeah. saying that too. And I love you saying it so publicly too, because mm-hmm. I think it just not like his, his words are so important, but to hear that piece that it is living and breathing just gives it more power in anyone's life. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Truly. He is a great, great man. So, okay, we didn't even get to Asher, your your beautiful daughter that you adopted and that whole story. And I know we we are are out of time just about. And so I can you briefly tell us about you adopted Asher from Ethiopia? Ah, yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And, this child. Oh, how old is she now? <sighs> She just turned nine. Oh my gosh. And I will just tell you, it will be its own podcast someday. But I mean, last night she was knocking on my door and she's like, mom, we got to read the Dolly Parton biography. It's so inspiring. And you know, you're not going to believe da, 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 da. You know, her and I are so much alike. I mean, this girl is on fire for life, but I think just in summary, because I know it it's it's worth just sharing mm-hmm. with the the adoption process, the idea of having someone in our family that doesn't look anything like us with dark skin and you know three older brothers that you know it is it, there is a conversation weekly about take care of your own. Why did you do that? And and then there's also beautiful conversations of, wow, what a gift from God. It just allows you to just open up your world and say, when my son answered that question of why, why didn't you take care of your own? And he just looked back in the target line and said, he was nine. He's like, we did, we are Mm. like, she has dark skin. Mm. 
And so it's this whole idea of this one world. We're all just trying to handle it. And the, the other part about Asher that, you know, I think every, it's just like going to be this, her s- story is that she was, you know, she was abandoned and she was not supposed to be with us and living this beautiful life and, you know, wrapped in blankets. And she knows this part of her story and her mom, you know, couldn't, couldn't take care of her and went to be with God. And so when Asher was found, she was wrapped in blankets. And the only reason she was found, they thought she was a hyena mm. um, because of the part of Ethiopia she's in. And she was, no, it was just her screaming her little butt off, saving mm. her life, using her voice. And we, she knows this story. We talk about it. And so when she's like, I don't know what to say, I don't, you know, I probably can't with all me and all the boys just look at her like, Oh, yes, you can. Mm. We know you know what to say. Mm. We know you know how to use that voice. And she just smiles. And it's just, it is so powerful that you can use your voice, you know, just mm. to be reminded of that. And, you know, we we actually just got back from Africa and kind of showed her where she was from. And it was, it's it's hard. I mean, but what I'm learning is when you think of the world as one big, one big place, changing the world will matter even more than just your neighborhood and quote unquote, taking care of your own. We could all do that, right? You can all get into like, oh my gosh, in my neighborhood, I need to do more of this or at my school or this. And all of a sudden you're like, whoa, that's really not the biggest problem I've got right now. And it, it can just kind of blow your mind. So it's always my, you know, it's always my challenge is just get out there and see something. Your perspective's going to go, okay, okay. I think think I can handle this. And and I think I'm supposed to get in this game. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And your story of going on these mission trips and and getting out of the country and really encouraging people to get outside of just the things that we know, broaden your perspective and see the whole world, exactly what you're saying. I texted my twin sister, literally stopped in the middle of the road. Listen, I mean, I'm telling (laughs) you, my, my neighborhood just thinks I'm crazy. And I stopped in the middle of the road and texted my twin. And I said, okay, you, if you do nothing else that I ever say, as long as you live, you have to read or listen to this book as soon as possible. And also, will you go on a mission trip with me out of this country? And she said, yes. And yes, right away. I don't need to know any details. Yes. And so it's, it's on our list. She just had surgery. Dang, that's yes. so good. Yeah. Just the idea that conversation is it. It's mm-hmm. just being vulnerable. Like, Hey, you want to do something that makes no sense with mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. but my heart feels like we should do it. And mm-hmm. just someone to write yes. And yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and I, I know it chills. was a journey to adopt Asher and it really took a lot um, and a long time. And, but I do want to tell you that my husband is going to be terrified that I'm going to be flying home with a baby because I will, yes. I will have a very hard time. <laughs> Very oh yeah, We're, we can't go together. We're mm-hmm. definitely we can nope. never go together mm-hmm. because we can't. it's will. I will tell you that my solution to that, mm-hmm. um, and it's such a Dana solution. Last time I was there, um, I, we work with a village um, we've been working for, for with many years, and the pastor, um, him and I, have been praying about this for a long time. And he put his hand on my shoulder and he looks over with a big smile. He's like, "It's time." And I said, "No way." I've been wanting to do an orphanage there for mm-hmm. seven years and waiting for God's timing. And he just said yes. So in, I won't be adopting any more kids at in recent 
I can't say that. I'm currently not adopting any more kids, but we're building an orphanage over there so that it can still flow out from my heart and also make sense for my family. I mean, I have four kids and yes, it's a lot. So I think it's so beautiful to kind of, you know, when God puts this whole stop on it, you're like, but I really need to. And then you realize, well, maybe that's not what he has next. So yeah, listen and tell people. And guess what? My favorite, it's not even advice, but my favorite internal thought is when people say, Dana, that's crazy. I'm like, heck yeah. Cause it usually means they're like, God, I kind of wish I could do that. I could never ever, but I'm glad you're doing it. That's what they'll say is I could never do that, but I'm glad you're doing it. So be, be a little crazy. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's not the norm and it's who you are. So yeah, so it's who I am. You're mm-hmm. not crazy, Rachel. Unless am, you are oh, crazy. oh, no, I am. I am fully, <laughs> fully. It's okay. Um, what is next for you? What is next on the docket? The orphanage in Ethiopia. Yes. So the orphanage, that's more at a personal level. The orphanage is, um, you know, just it will be the next five years of, of my heart. Um, and doing that with my daughter um, is, is just going to be, you know, we'll see where God takes it. But that kind of got once I got the yes on that idea. Um, the other that my from a professional standpoint is I've started a line called Clothe the Globe and all the proceeds go to free fabric. And it's that idea of I get to use my creative I was going to call myself a creative genius, which is hilarious. I don't, that's, what's the other, my creative juices, like all that I am, because what happens with a business, and I'm going to be really honest, because fabric rocks. I mean, I am like the number one shopper there, but I would be selling, you know, feathered tank tops if I could, with yeah. you know, jeans that have so many holes in it and 12 inch heels. Like I have a style that I just, it's so runway that it's like, where would you even wear that? But this clothe the globe line is that it's that item that you're like, I have to have that, but it's crazy. So my company is so incredible. They're supporting me, not only supporting me, encouraging me. So I've done two collections of this clothe the globe line. All the proceeds go there. They, it sells out in a couple weeks. It is again, just another example. It's like an elevated level of I'm even digging deeper into my passion and getting as creative as I possibly can. But you know, it can now, I'm at, at the blessed part of my my um, professional life that all these funds can go towards my heart. And it's and my company's like, go for it, go for it. it it's who we are. So yeah, that's, I mean, it, it sounds all blissful. Yes, there's a lot of, you know, logistics and all the stuff behind it, but that's, that's what I'm doing. And the idea after 20 years, Fabric just turned 20 last month, that it you get to kind of read my book again. I literally, this is embarrassing, but I'm gonna tell you, I wrote the book years ago and I don't know if I've ever read it front to back. And I was driving with my kids down to the beach and we audibled and listened again. And I'm like, I need to do all this again. Mm. Like it's a time to take re-inventory of yourself every, you know, so years. And that's what I'm doing now. This is, this is the last chapter was me just like what's next. Mm. And luckily I got to kind of connect that passion and purpose again and move to where what's next. So we'll see. Gosh, I am, I am so excited to see what you do next because everything you do has a massive impact. How can people, first of all, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today and letting me just cry and get it all out. This was mm. such an an honor and I'm just so grateful to know you and have you in my life because you truly inspire me 
to do more and be better and do those things and the things that I don't think I can do and you are doing them. And so you are such an inspiration, not just to me, but to everyone you come into contact with. You truly are, Dana. And you're impacting you're so, kind. Hold so on, Rachel, many I'm lives. I'm telling you straight back when you told what you're meant to do, your encouragement is like, like everyone, Rachel sent me a little like voice text this morning to which I'm terrible listening to. I usually just delete them and I listen to yours. And I'm like, how do I save this? I want it to be like, I want to listen to it every morning. I mean, honestly, the things that I think I can't do, this is what it's about, right? Like it's about different people with different parts of their heart, just sharing with someone else and going, whoa, I mean, it is so, so close us out. I know you're trying to close this podcast off, but I just, I love when I see somebody like you being an encourager to someone like me, I'm a challenger. So I don't know how to encourage people. I, mentally do it in my mind, but I don't say it out loud. I more challenge you to do more. You encourage people on what they're doing. So it's just so cool how different we are and we need each other desperately. That's, that's why we have to be in Bible study together. Yeah, okay? that's right. That's exactly right. I love it so much. And I'm so grateful for you. Tell everybody how, how they can find you. Where can they find you? Where can they find Clothe the Globe? Where can they find all, all of your things? Your book. Well, How I'm a can complete they buy introvert, this book? so you can't find me. I'm always, uh, you know, I'm by myself all the time, refueling. Um, but no, you can find the book at fabricstyle.com at our website. Um, and, you know, you can also find it on Amazon. You can go at Dana Spinola and see, you know, the the beautiful mess that my life is and, you know, hopefully yours is too. And we can talk and, you know, at fabric style, if you want to know the the latest trends, my team is so cool. I mean, they just keep getting cooler and cooler. So uh, go check out what we're supposed to be wearing to change the world. (laughs) I love it. I am so grateful for this time today. And I learned even more from you, which I just never ceases to amaze me. So thank you. Have the best day and we'll talk soon. Thanks, Rachel. You too. If this episode resonated with you today, please share it with at least two people you think would love it too. Keep up with the show at The Rachel Roth Show on Instagram and TikTok and keep up with me at Rachel underscore R underscore Roth on Instagram and TikTok. Don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I know it sounds silly, but it really does make a huge difference and it allows this content to get in front of more people. I can't wait to see you again.